Off the Ball on News Talk. Thanks to Air. Catch all the sports you love free on the Air Sport Pack with Air Broadband. Turn to the hurling yesterday. GAA News Talk is with Board Gosh Energy, official sponsor of the GAA Hurling Under 21 Championship. Keep up to date and follow hashtag hurling to the core. Waterford beat Cork 419 to 20 points in the end. We have Tommy Dunn and Tommy Welch on the line. And here were the closing minutes as called on WLRFM by Kieran O'Connor and Stephen Malumphy. 213 to 18, Waterford by one. Now we're on the attack again. Connor Gleeson has a look. His mum Mary could be singing in melodies tonight. She's a good woman from Waterford. Bennett tearing forward as he has been right from the get-go here. Gets the ball away to Colin Dunford. Likes the open spaces. The Collingham Express gone inside the 65. Flicks the ball away to Jamie in space. Jamie's gone in near the 20 metre line. Chance for Jamie. What can he do? Back in the net goal! Why all for Waterford? Porrick Mahoney. Porrick's surrounded by two red and white jerseys. He gets the ball back. This time to Austin Gleeson. Austin got inside the 45. He has a man inside him. What's he going to pass? What's he going to do? Takes his shot. It's a goal! Sheer brilliance by Ozzy! What a run by Ozzy Gleeson! Created by Boris. Brick was on the outside. But when Ozzy shows his class, the Messi of Hurley is Ozzy Gleeson. And the whistle goes. It's all over! It's all over! And Warren are back in the line final. The first time since 98. The second since 63. And the sixth in our history. The Messi of Hurling. Tommy Dunn, you're there. Hi, Joe. How are you? And Tommy Welch, you're on the line. Yeah, hi, Joe. Hi, Tommy. Hi, Tommy. I have two Tommies here, which is not going to make this easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's only, there's only one real Tommy, I'd say, in all fairness. <laughs> Tommy Welch, have you a nickname other than Tommy, by any chance, I can use for the next half hour? No. <laughs> I'm afraid I don't. <laughs> Welchie, maybe. Okay, I'm going to go with Welchie, if that's okay, for the next 20 minutes only. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> okay. And uh, if you thought WLR were in good form yesterday, Welshie at a certain moment in the game, he caught fire as well on updates for us. Have a listen. Oh, Joe, it was all Cork since the sending off. We thought, here's a bit of luck that Watford need. After the sending off, Cork tore into the game. Ball went down to the corner. Christopher Joyce soloed out, out to the corner flag. Austin Gleeson, who hasn't been in the game, tore after him, stayed after him, harried him, harassed him, took it off him. Mixed with it, Jamie Barron is all alone at the far side of the field. Crosses it, Jamie Barron puts it in the net, and it's a goal oh. for Austin Gleeson. That's what the great players do. They stay in the game. They stay fighting. They stay harassing. Sold it through the middle. Put the ball back in the net. Now look at the scoreline. 3-14 to Watford. 18 points to Cork. What a turnaround here at Crow Park. Beautifully done. You've recovered, Welshie. Uh, I have, I have, I have. <laughs> ah, listen, it's a great, it's a great day for Watford. Like you, I suppose, look at all the heartbreak, Joe, over the years. I think since 1998, they're after losing nine All-Ireland semi-finals. Like Brick Welch alone is after losing eight. He's been there, I think, since around 2002. Like think of all the clubs, like the Bally Gunners, the Passage, Tallow, Four Mile Water. Like think of the celebrations that were there last night, Bally Saggers. Like the the clubs, like, and that's what it is all about. Like because 
when they see their player out there or their families out there, like how proud do they be? I know myself from looking at Tullerone guys when they play either minor or 21 or senior for Kilkenny, but then look at Waterford after all their heartbreak and they're looking at their own guys, their own neighbours out there in Crow Park, finally getting that little bit of, of luck, the rub of the green there with the sending off there of um, young Callan, and they went on then to, I suppose, really, I suppose, uh, I suppose, clean them out in the in the last probably 20 minutes of the game where everything was like awfully in 1994 when they got the two goals. Everything just really turns to gold after that. So I think it's a great time for, for Watford. Like, think of all the families that were involved yesterday. You had so many sets of brothers. You had the Fives, you had the Mahonies, you had the Bennett. So, you know, it really, I suppose, it's just a, a great day for Watford because they're looking forward to an All-Ireland final where they have a great chance. Tommy, it was 3-5 to 8 points after the Catalan sending off. The general consensus I've seen is that Waterford were probably, I mean, if people had to guess one way or another because it was so nip and tuck, but probably going to inch this one out just. Well, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it was clear-cut at all. Like, watching the game live, it was very hard to pick a winner uh, before the sending off, Joe, in my opinion. And in fairness to Cork, uh, Cork threw down the gauntlet there just that, I think it was just after the sending off, Dara, if, if you remember, Dara Fitzgibbon carried the ball right through the heart of the Waterford defence, yeah. shipped a couple of tackles uh, and won a free in and Harnady came rushing in. And I think Cork smelt, smelt it at that stage. Like It was a serious statement from, from a 19-year-old. The guts to, to run at the heart of the Waterford defence, draw the foul and you could feel the Cork crowd kind of rising. And I was saying to myself, you know, like, wow, Cork have made a statement here. Yeah. But then Waterford came roaring back. And like, like, it was like the Galway and Tip match. The margins are so fine. A mistake by Cork. Christopher Joyce gathered a great ball, carried it, carried it what he thought was to safety towards the sideline. No support. Austin Gleeson uh, remained incredibly patient and disciplined. Steel stole it brilliantly and hit, a, hit a, a superb ball to Jamie Barron. And after that puck out from the next Nash puck out, Conor Gleeson pushes up on the hand mm. and hits the ball back over the bar. That's a goal and a point in about a minute hurling. And that stage, the game the game was probably decided. But what, what I liked about Waterford, Joe, they're, they're, they've, like Tommy said, have a huge, they've had a huge amount of heartbreak. They, they haven't really finished off teams when they got the chance. When they smelt it yesterday, they just went for the jugular and buried Cork. And that was a serious statement from them, I thought. Yeah, Tommy Welch, I know we've talked about the system at length, but, but that point that Tommy makes there about the way Waterford finished off Cork yesterday when they had the chance, and we saw it against Kilkenny as well, the likes of Jamie Barron running through and, and numbers still going forward towards the end of a game as opposed to falling back and getting defensive. Is that maybe the difference in Waterford this year with previous years? Well, I think it was a massive help for them yesterday. Like they obviously they they, they play the system they play, which is um, with with the spearman back, the sweeper back. Yesterday it was young fives and had a brilliant game playing that. And defensively they've been brilliant in ninety nine percent of their games. It's very hard to score off them, mm. but it's offensively then. They do, you know, once they're shooting from out the field and they're going over, they're doing well, but it does tend to be tight, tight games. But it was when it became five versus five. Like they had, these guys have brilliant players. 
like the, the Waterford players that you look at the likes of Austin Gleeson like the Rinaldo in semi-final last year and he still got player of the year which is brilliant I know listen Tipperary were disappointed with Jamie Callanan and, and Parag Mar were going for it as well but the fact of the matter is to even nominate for hurler of the year when you only get to a semi-final just shows the type of performance you put in so like they have brilliant players like they've won under 21 like the, the Bet Galway in last year's under, under 21 I learned comprehensively which you know a lot of players were out there yesterday they won minor and colleges so they have brilliant players yeah. in the last 20 minutes when it was 5 versus 5 when they were pushing up man versus man like they just I suppose tore water for the shreds and um, you know like the, the sweeper system is very good for them defensively and listen it kept them in the game kept it tight um, like I suppose we have to look at with the history of Watford as regards you go back to 2008 All-Ireland um, and even down through all them years they had brilliant attacking players but they used to probably concede a lot as well so I think I suppose Derek McGrath said out of stall we're going to keep it tight like I suppose the Jose Mourinho in the, in the Premier League or in any clubs he has ever went to he keeps it tight at the back and you hopefully then you, you, you get him on the counter attack but I think um, yesterday really when it became 5 versus 5 up front for Watford that's when the shackles came off him that's when the ball broke they could, could still go on and win that secondary ball towards usually there's a spare man like it is tough for the Bennett's for the Morris Shannons of this world because they're up there alone usually mm. but suddenly then when it was just man on man once it broke they could go on and win it again and like Morris Shannon himself, like Morris has been brilliant. Like, um, and when the All-Star nominations do come out later on, on in the year, I'd expect him to be on it because I know he's not been started. But like Jim Gavin and Dublin and young, I think it's Kevin McMenamin there, he brings him on nearly as a tactic. Yeah. When it does open up, he's there and he wins it time after time. And even Austin Gleeson's goal, just as far as I can remember, was Morris Shannon won that ball initially yeah. and kind of played it back onto him. So I think they have brilliant players players and it just opened up for him I felt uh, in the last 20 minutes when they were man versus man Yeah it's almost like I mean Waterford now know Morris is going to come off the bench and do a real job for them and the opposition almost know it as well like that they're going to finish strong which must be a real source of belief for the team as they keep things tight in the opening 20-25 minutes so I mean the good and the bad at Gleeson the goal Tommy Welsh we heard you commentating the goal the goal was just the most glorious thing there's very few players that could do that with that kind of panache and he should have passed as well yeah, but I suppose when 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 like um we we noted before Jared Hulier had an article in the paper and he was just talking about good teams. He was talking about Ronaldo and he was saying good teams win win championships when they have special players with them because they stand above all else when it really the tough gets going and basically Ronaldo does that with the likes of Real Madrid and Portugal. But you bring that back to to Watford yesterday, like they, there's no I suppose mistake about Watford have a very very good team. But then when you have these extra special players these players that can do things like George Canning did last week that most others could only dream of mm. and um, Gleeson yesterday like, and it was a basic skill he chased and he harried um, young Christopher Joyce out into the corner took the ball like most guys nearly when you're not used to it as a forward you might dive in and give away a free and listen you're everyone is happy, you look like you're putting a big effort. But no, Gleeson, he stayed after me, hunted him and hunted him. And it must have been a nightmare. I know myself as a halfback running back towards your goal, even though you sit down to the stand. It is tough because you're waiting to get your man to, to get that little block on you. So he decides to go out past 
um, Austin Gleeson and he just got in the lovely little flick didn't give away the free which was crucial yeah. next minute it all opens up looks really simple but only because he was so good at what he'd done and next minute he set up the goal for Barron and the, the, the crossfield ball was absolutely magical stuff too because that could have went wrong as well. And we all know about the goal, as you said there, Joe, like he probably should have passed it to Brick. But that's what, the, that's what these great players do. He probably didn't even see Brick. He was just looking for the gap to go himself. And like, I, I was trying to think of it today. When is the last time someone kind of did an underhand kind of a, like I suppose Brick does it when he's passing out the field yeah. but an underhand kind of a flick into the net it's usually the throw it up high and they bat it in yeah. like it was genius stuff really and it's only the great players make it look simple yeah. and that's does, why does, does, that's Shane, does Shane O'Donnell ever does Shane O'Donnell always bats it doesn't he he doesn't, he doesn't underhand it Remember. I think he bats it, and yeah, isn't it? Um, I don't know Grady from from Cork is the guy who really kind of really started honing in on that, and yeah. it's a, it's a brilliant skill because it is hard for the for the goalkeeper to stop it. But um, yes, I thought he'd done it the other way yesterday, and it was just this is this is why we love Ireland, though, is seeing things like this. This is what his young lads out in their gardens, Joe, today they're probably all doing this. They'll probably no one pass the ball ever again when they inside the twenty-one. But uh, isn't it wonderful though for the young lads no, to magic. see that? And um, their biggest players on the biggest stage of all. We all want to see him in the final, Tommy Dunn, but at this remove, it has to look unlikely, really. I saw John Fogarty in the examiner of the examiner. He was tweeting and he was saying, it's believed Barry Kelly uh, stated that he had dealt with the Adrian Toohey incident in last Sunday's semi-final, hence no retrospective suspension. If James Owen states the same regarding Austin Gleeson, he'll be free to play in the final. So the referee's match report here is going to be crucial. But you look at the pictures, Tommy, and you can see the the fingers of Gleeson sense the face guard. They do hook. I mean, he pulls up with pressure. The helmet comes off Luke Mead. We all want to see him play, but it's very hard to make the argument for him. Well, well, that's the thing, Joe. And I, in fairness, I thought Joe Lukman put it put it very well at half time. And it's like you know why why does he keep putting himself in in these in these sort of uh, scenarios and. Like there's a little bit, you know. I think if we're being honest, probably there's a little bit of there's a little bit of a rogue in him, and you know, uh, and it, you know, it can be in some of the greatest players, and it mightn't always be such a bad thing. But then, when you when sometimes you cross the line into doing something stupid or reckless, then there's a price to be paid, and it's it's an awful shame for for himself and for the Waterford camp that this is going to overshadow overshadow uh, preparations for the next few days certainly and possibly a few weeks and it's going to be uh, no one knows what the outcome is going to be you're only speculating but it, there's, there's a serious concern there and because he's such he's such uh, an incredible player and as such a central player to him it's going to it's going to have to be managed very carefully even from uh, Derek's McGra- Derek McGrath's point of view because there's a lot going on and there's a lot, you know, with you know, with Walter being in the All Ireland final for the first time in, in a good few years, yeah. it was going to be chaotic anyway down there. And this is another layer on top of it, as well as the fact that they they also have a red card that they received to Conor Gleeson. So um, while you know they've a lot on their plate in a positive sense, they've a lot of work to do uh, to manage all this kind of stuff as well, which is not ideal. But look, that's. That's that's the way sport is, but it is unfortunate, and it it is a huge amount of concern uh, because of the because of the gravity of the pictures that that were shown afterwards. You know, so is there, um, is there but, any is there any issue with the rule? Is the rule fine? Because this thing has cropped up so much lately. 
Well, look, I look. I don't know. I mean, my view on this is very simple: is that you know the, the referee's discretion is 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 first and foremost. That's that's the way it is to me. You know, the referee, if the referee is on the spot, he has the linesman and the officials there to back up a decision. Um, like there was no one badly hurt, but the fact of the matter is, you're not supposed to interfere with someone's helmet. Mm. The other side of it is. Conor Gleeson got a red card for hitting the fella a tap of the hurley. You know, it was a light... Okay, you see, it was deliberate. No one was going to be hurted and it's a straight red card. Like, you know, it, 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 you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't it from the GA's point of view. They have a, they have a duty to protect players yeah. and, and you know, you have, to live and buy, you have to live and die by that. And it's terrible. It's terrible to see players being punished for... For for actions that um, don't warrant a punishment, but if there's a deliberate action, then if the referee deems it as a deliberate action, then there's a problem. Because if you let one go, where where does it stop? And yeah. and that's the issue, I think. Yeah, I think that's precisely the issue. On 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 how you handle it, uh, Tommy Welch. It was very interesting to see Derek McGrath came out afterwards yesterday. And he talked about Tyg de Burka and people were saying, you know, did you make a big deal about it with the players? Did you talk about it at all? And he said, we absolutely did. And you might have noticed that some of the players had the number five written on their hands as they, uh, as they were playing. And Derek McGrath drew a five on his hand as well, Tyg de Burka's number. And he said afterwards, things like that are perceived as a bit gimmicky, but that's what we're about. He's central to our circle, 100%. We did it for Tyg. An interesting approach. Other managers would have tried to avoid the whole thing. McGrath and Waterford, they seem like a really close-knit group and they made a big thing out of the Burke suspension. Yeah, Joe, and listen, this all comes back to McGrath. Like, McGrath is just, as you know, and you probably you don't agree with me, I think, as regards to tactics. I obviously don't agree with his tactics. Yeah. But as Derek McGrath, the manager, Derek McGrath, the man, he is just brilliant. And, he, and he's, he's a breath of fresh air to the whole GA world because... He's just, he comes out in his interviews and he's very honest, he's very forthright, but in what he says and his actions, it's all about his actions here. Like I read somewhere um, that last Friday when the Borka didn't get off his suspension, he went up and met his parents. Because I know myself, his parents were probably devastated. The, the people there in Clashmore were probably devastated for Tyke the Borka to miss out on such a big game, such a big player who has done so much over, over the years, mm. very clean player. And for him to miss out, what does the man manager do he is an all-earned semi-final to, to look forward to Sunday but no he goes out visits the family visits Tyke the Borka tells him that he's going to be in the final um, so that the Borka will still be playing yeah. like that's just brilliant like it, it reminds me I think it was a De Canio or one of them said he was in a gang years ago and you just feel invincible and that's what an action like that does. Mm. Like, imagine your manager calling out your house to see, to see your parents. Like, you, 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 you crawl to the end of the, of the earth to try and help him when you do get your chance back. And you can be sure the Borka will do that in the final. Yeah. And, uh, like, I remember myself, I was sent off in 2004, um, quarter final versus Clare. And we drew the match up in Crow Park. And Cody came into the dressing room after the match and said a few lovely things about myself, you know. And, Oh, he was down what, to what, did he, what did he say about you? Uh, well, listen, I won't get into that now. Uh, <laughs> there now, but listen, it was nice to hear from a manager. He, yeah, he, he was backing me, and he wasn't saying nothing about the sending off, but other other things about uh, maybe the way I played and that. And Peter Barry came over to me and asked me for my jersey. And here was a young lad who who felt he was after letting the whole team down, mm. and two guys come over and do something like that. 
and you say to yourself, well, I'm going to repay them lads. Yeah. And I'm sure Tyg de Bork will, will do that. Um, that. And that's the sign of what Derek McGrath does. And he, I'm sure that's only one of the, the ma- many things he does for that Watford panel. So I think that's the sign of, of as you said, the close-knit of their group. Mm. That's the sign of the leader that McGrath, like the pressure he has been on from the likes of all the pundits, I suppose, and all his, even guys in Watford when they weren't winning about his systems. But he stuck by it. He sticks by his players. And that's one of the major reasons they're probably in the final. Yeah. Tommy Dunn, or actually the latest I should tell you, by the way, is the CCCC are seeking clarification from the referee, James Owens, regarding Austin Gleeson's incident. And if James Owens says he dealt with it, then Gleeson will be free to play. So it's going to come down to what James Owens says there. Yeah, well, I think there, there, there could be a chance then, and might that you know things might work out for Waterford. That's the case. Yeah. If, if I mean, if the referee didn't see it or the linesman didn't see the incident, which is quite possible because um, it, it, the ball I think was going towards the sideline. So, um, if the officials had their eyes on the ball and didn't see the incident, then how can they put something in a report? So, mm. um, but look, who knows? Yeah. Who knows, Joe? It's it's it, we'll just have to wait and see. But. That's probably not the, the worst news Waterford had, I'd say, if that is the case. Yeah. Tommy Dunn, talk to us about then the job that Waterford did on Cork in comparison with um, 11 weeks ago. You made a few points in your piece in the 42 today. Pokeout certainly is one people have picked up on. And then just the way they attacked Cork's ball into the forwards, yeah. that, that diagonal Cork ball. Yeah, I, I think Waterford, you know, to, to a certain extent, Cork's game plan was out of the bag since early in the summer. But um, well, particularly since the Tipperary game, but Waterford weren't really able to nullify it in, in the semi-final and the Munster semi-final, and Clare weren't able to do it either. So Waterford, Waterford got it right yesterday. They had Nash's puck out, um, very well targeted. Um, with with the pinnacle of it, I think being Connor Gleeson just after uh, just after the Waterford goal in the second half, Nash put the ball out, looking for Connor Lehan under the Cusack stand. Conor Gleeson up right on his shoulder, not a yard behind him, not two yards behind him, right on his shoulder, got an intercept in, and then the bonus was he came down and potted it over the bar, direct from a, from, from a Nash puck out. And there was a few puck outs in the first half that, where he had to go right to a millimetre of the sideline looking for the likes of Shane Kingston, and he was getting sawed down with water defenders right right on his backside. So they they were applying huge pressure very early on on Nash's puck outs. Yeah. Now and even when he got a few away loose to Mark Ellis and that, there was one incident within the first five minutes where Shane Bennett, Parig Mahoney was the first guy to Mark Ellis. He got past Parig Mahoney and Shane Bennett tracked about fifty yards out of his corner forward position to get him out over the sideline under the Cusack stand. So Waterford, you know Waterford were up on the ante right from the word go. They knew what they had to do to mm. to upset Corks with him. And the second big one that I could see, Joe, was just Cork's uh, distribution has been impeccable all year. Uh, and they just weren't able to execute it yesterday to the likes of Alan Cadigan and Luke Mead. And uh, Patrick Horgan was was kind of uh, Cork's main threat by far. He had an outstanding game, actually, in fairness to him. But, you know, Waterford just had too much pressure on 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 the guy striking the ball outside and obviously with Dara five sitting fairly deep in the pocket they were just able to close off some of that space. Now yeah. Cork made definitely got some terrific scores but they they weren't able to get any sort of consistency. Harnady, Lehan, who are uh, some of their main you know main leaders up front were yeah. were on the periphery of the game for most of it and Cork are too inexperienced for that to happen in fairness. 
Yeah. We'll obviously talk more about Waterford Galway over the next few weeks. It's probably the last time, realistically, we'll talk about Cork. So, Welshie, it's it's hard to be critical of their season in any way, really, up until that sending off. It was nip and tuck yesterday. They've beaten Waterford, they've beaten Tip, they've beaten Clare, a Munster title nobody expected. So, uh, this new generation has come through. Next year, they'll go out with expectations suddenly on them. Uh, is this group good enough to realistically win in All-Ireland over the next two or three years? They are. I, I definitely think they are. Like they have the minors, I suppose, in the All Ireland um, in September. They won the under 17s. Like last year, I think they won the 15s, the 16s, and the 14s. I think so. They have young players coming. You know, you need one or two to add to the team every year. But going back to, we'll say Sunday, mm. and regards the Cork guys. Like as Tommy said, it wasn't flowing for them. Now in the past, you'd see the Cork guys. They just say the last two or three years they were brilliant when they had the ball but when they didn't have the ball they weren't so good and that's after being a massive improvement in them, in them this year and I thought yesterday although Conor Gleeson like and Conor Gleeson is probably like if I was picking hurlers of the year and, 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 the, and the championship finish now he'd be in my top three or four nominations like I don't think Watford who would are, be in the all without Gleeson Who are your top Gleason. three? Who are your top three hurlers of the year? Well I didn't think about it too much but say if you <laughs> We'll say Gleeson, probably Jamie Barron, Watford, yeah. Gollywood entry of um, sure, any other backs, Parag, Mannion, um, Conor Whelan up front. Say they could be your four, we'll say. Yeah, but. Okay. but I definitely have Gleeson in it. Why, why, Joe? He marked Richie Hogan, who was former Hurler of the Year, brilliant, brilliant player. He marked Conor MacDonald, one of the best um, players for Wexford. He marked Young Kingston, was after scoring 1-4 versus Tipperary in the first match. He basically nullified him in the first time Cork and Wofford met back in June. And Conor Lahan, we're talking about Cork here, they have been the story of the summer. like Because when we're talking about, I suppose guys going out winning their own ball playing a lovely style of hurling like these guys were back to the old old Cork way where yeah. you get the ball in fast into their skillful fast players and I thought Lee Han was brilliant all summer but I was even more impressed with him yesterday because he was marking that guy Conor Gleeson who was basically in his face all day out in front of him but he stayed battling he won one ball in that first half um, Conor Lehan was definitely a 40-60 ball and he basically put it over the bar scored another one in the second half then started hitting a few wides but he stayed going and going and going and once they have that Cork they will always have the skill but that's definitely part of their game where I would see them winning an All-Ireland over the next year or two look at Hoggy as well Patrick Horgan five points like we're always step up Hoggy this year he stepped up again he stepped up yesterday so that's why I'm so impressed with Cork even yesterday in defeat I thought they were brilliant as regards their work rate their um, you know their their toughness even chasing back like Horgan even chased back at one stage dispossessing it up I think it was hard that he scored a point at the other end Mm. so I definitely am very impressed with Cork and they definitely can win the All-Ireland over the next year or two because now they know that their forwards have to defend it's not just their defenders yeah Tommy Dunn if we press pause right now who'd be your hurler of the year ooh uh, I, I'd probably be looking well Jamie Barron has to be very close like Jamie Barron is Jamie Barron is probably pound for pound the best midfielder in the country and very close to being hurler of the year mm. and I would say you know Porig Mannion very close Dahi Burke uh, Garod McInerney you know uh, there's there's a few serious candidates there's a few serious candidates yeah, Joe, but Jamie, Bar- Jamie Barron is just on fire you All know right. he's, he's, he's absolutely playing out of his skin Alright we'll have to leave it there so we've got uh, we've got a great All-Ireland final to look forward to no Kilkenny no Tipperary thank God says everyone
<laughs> One year only, Joe. <laughs> uh, we'll leave it there. Tommy Dunn, Tommy Welch. Thanks, lads. Thanks, lads. Thanks, Joe. Bye, bye, bye. Off the ball. Get all the best bits at newstalk.com slash off the ball. Newstalk 106 to 108.